Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This week's episode of the Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, 24-7 Moving. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and today, Marvel fans get excited because we're diving deep into the quantum realm, and we're doing that with the help of our lovely special correspondent, Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hello. Thank you for having me again. How are you? I am great. We were so pumped to see Quantumania, and then life happened, and then we saw it, and we have some thoughts. So what were your initial thoughts on Quantumania after going two and a half months without anything Marvel? It was not my favorite, but also it wasn't horrible. Would I buy it on DVD? No. Am I glad I saw it? Sure. I didn't feel like I was the target audience, even though I'm a Marvel fan. But I did feel like it was a mix of Star Wars and Thor Ragnarok. Okay. And it's digital art which was pretty awesome to see some of my initial thoughts were there were some parts that dragged that just weren't necessary and some of janet's storylines were frustrating and i don't know maybe i just had higher expectations for cassie i really want to see cassie morgan and the next generation of marvel women really do better we saw black widow and we wanted more for for marvel women we saw possibilities and hope in Endgame. And I don't know, I just had higher expectations for Cassie. And then I got this teenage white savior complex that just wanted to help. And I was like, that's not what this is about. (laughs) But also it's Marvel, it's fiction, it's not real life. What do I care? I'm a Marvel fan. Give me what I want. (laughs) So I'm very conflicted. Well, representation matters. And when you have such hopes for something and it does the opposite, it can be discouraging yeah it didn't deliver it was a bummer that being said not to be such a debbie downer there were some really interesting tiktoks that came out that had some really good marvel theories i know i sent you a couple and you sent me one that just honestly it kept me up for like an hour and a half i was i was thinking very deeply on it care to explain my friend well kang is a descendant of reed richards So in the TikTok that I sent you, someone focused on the tech that Reed Richards used in Multiverse of Madness to transport himself to the Illuminati meeting and matching it with the technology that Kang uses to transfer himself to the meeting with all the other variants of Kang. So it makes sense that he has the same tech as Reed Richards because he's a descendant. And if you don't read the comics... You wouldn't know because he's also possibly a descendant of Dr. Doom. And that's in relation to the end credit scene as well. We know that Kang is returning. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with him. Yeah. Other than being the, the big bad. The TikToks that I found 
which I got really excited about because there were more ties to Loki than we initially thought. Definitely more than I caught because I saw parallels, but I didn't find like Easter eggs or anything like that. So when I saw these TikToks that really highlighted it, I was like, oh, yay, something. Yeah, because the only thing that I remember seeing is Kang bringing out the timeline and it was the sacred timeline from the Loki show. Right. That was the only thing that I noticed. Okay. Janet brings up the void which we thought was only the place where you could only go if you were part of the TVA. It's a layer of the quantum realm. So there's multiple layers, just like there's multiple multiverses, but it's a layer of the quantum realm. The theory was that the TVA was in the quantum realm. And then you see the city in Quantumania. And I was like, these two look too similar. So yeah, that was was pretty cool. And then at the end of Ant-Man 2... When Scott was in the quantum realm, he was in a different layer of the quantum realm. He was in the time vortex, which is why time passed differently for Scott and not Janet. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was wondering that throughout the whole movie, I was like, okay, so how many years have passed since they've been Mm -hmm. down here for two hours? Is it two years? Like what's happened now? Are we going to have another time? But they were in a different layer of the quantum realm. That being said... Bring on the casting. Paul Rudd returns as Scott Lang. Evangeline Lilly is Hope Van Dyne. Michael Douglas is Dr. Hank Pym. Michelle Pfeiffer is Janet Van Dyne. Jonathan Majors is Kane the Conqueror. And Catherine Newton is Kissy Lang. A-list casting. Jonathan mm-hmm. Majors. He knocked it out of the park. Oh, he was so good. I can't wait to see him more. That being said, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Yes. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, we're about to spoil it for you. All right. Well, I'll say it. Who do you think was missing from the Marvel Universe? Well, I definitely missed Lewis. Thank you. Right? It didn't feel like an Ant-Man film. And I was like, what is missing? And it was, it didn't feel like a heist movie. No. And Lewis wasn't there to do his fan favorite speedy monologue right he could have just showed up and be like scott you wouldn't believe it and then like in the quantum realm and then just go off like i would have accepted 100 percent. i wouldn't even doubt it <laughs> it's like yes makes sense that he's there um, i would have taken Luis as as an end credit scene yes something i missed him right and another character that i would love to have seen more of is agent Wu. as you fist pump the air yes <laughs> flip the table thank you well, because we only had like the five second buddy clip of them smiling and having lunch together. And that was it. Agent Wu just had this huge thing with freaking Wanda. Wanda, And you're just casually having lunch. What? Was, and I was expecting, oh, are they talking secret invasion? Like, what are they doing? No, that that wasn't it at all. And another thing that I missed, not more of a who, but a what. Mm-hmm. It's the visual gag where scott lang is super small and like this very serious over the top action sequence and then the yes. camera pans out from ant-man when like the train just knocks over like the, yes. from the toy set it's something like that i was missing that little yeah. joke i could have done without bill murray's character i felt like that yeah. was filler content and i hate to say that about bill murray but i was like feel like he just called kevin feige up and was like bro how do i get into marvel anything 
Well, in the comics, he's a deep dive character in The Incredible Hulk. I guess he showed oh. up in issue 156, but he was a and he was antagonist and he helped fight the Hulk and he worked from an island in the microverse, which is, you know, the quantum realm mm-hmm. and supplied customers with weapons and mercenaries. So he may have a bigger role with the okay. Hulk in the future. Well, knowing that the Hulk is trying to transition out and She-Hulk is coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that might be her her villain. Yeah. Okay. Um, another thing that I wanted more of, I wanted to see more of Gentora. It oh, felt like yeah. Katie M. O'Brien's role should have had a bigger plot, uh, but it felt like it was edited due to time. So very much like with Sarah and Rintra, you know, played by Sheila Atim and Adam Hewell um, from Multiverse of Madness, they had more camera screen time, but it was edited and you could tell in multiverse madness because it focused on those two characters a lot but they were so minimal in in the filming i wonder if the same thing happened with gentora she had a bigger role but was edited out i do have some honorable mentions i do too okay i mean shout out to the cgi team yes y'all did amazing work and i want to say per our conversation prior to this you said one of the cgi guys had mentioned that their budget was cut and Wakanda got got their funding. If that's what budget cuts get you, I'm impressed, dude. You're hired. That was yeah, they, phenomenal. They deserve everything. And so as weird and gross as Modok's character was, he did have some good comedic timing at the end when he was trying to do the epic Tony Stark death and trying to go out like an Avenger. His, his line is like, at least I'll die an Avenger and... and Scott and Hope's reaction was like, that's not how that works, sir, at all. But sure, die an Avenger. Sounds great. Yep. It's like, that's... you're like a brother to me. It's like, no, no. <laughs> nope, pretty sure that's not, that's not how brothers work, but okay. <laughs> I like an Avenger, sir. But honestly, he was creepy looking. The CGI team, again, went above and beyond. <laughs> yeah. Making him so gross. Yeah, I, th- I feel like his character would traumatize some kids for sure. Like Cassie's I... like the B guy. And I was like, that's how you want to remember him. <laughs> Not like the bobblehead with legs and arms that are, it's just weird. I feel like <laughs> Disney is probably going to be like, come get your Modoc mug. Oh my God. <laughs> and this is just going to traumatize kids everywhere. And so my honorable mention, it's the scene where Scott gives Cassie that quick father daughter lesson on how to fight. Oh. While in the quantum realm. So he's like, you jump and jab, jump and jab. Did you see it? She's like, no, I didn't. You're like this big. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that was cute. Did you see any Marvel and or MCU parallels? I saw a couple. Okay. And when I mean a couple, I, I mean a couple. Right. <laughs> um, so like I said previously, the timeline that King shows to Scott is very much the sacred timeline from Loki. Okay. And also how the quantum realm looked like the city and the TVA. Yes. And another thing uh, that I noticed was Cassie mentioning a clash between police and protesters mm-hmm. who are raising awareness around the homeless crisis created by the blip. Could be a slight reference to the flag smashers from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Good catch. So there's that little tidbit there. I was going to say, I saw some Doctor Strange parallels and some what if parallels. Okay. So, Do tell. so when Scott dives into the power core for Kang and he 
in that state of the realm where he's so small, where he just multiplies constantly. And it's all these little ant, Ant-Man. Yes. And they create this tower of Ant-Men and they're pulling each other up and trying to get Scott to the very top. And I remember seeing something similar in an episode of What If? I want to say it was a zombie episode where it's all these tiny Ant-Man. I think it's episode eight of, okay. of What If? And then with Doctor Strange... As he was shrinking the multiverse in yeah, Spidey No Way Home, you know how he closes it? Yeah. And what if it's like this crystallized thing, this yes. crystallized multiverse? And that's how I saw Kang's power core. Oh, okay. Like when he opened the portal to get to the power core, he crystallized it almost similar to Doctor Strange's way of closing a multiverse, which right. who better to close a multiverse than Kang who has divided it? Mm-hmm. And we know that's connected to the TVA. So I was like, oh, there are little parallels here, but it's blink and you miss it, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I sure as heck didn't notice it. <laughs> yeah. And also the power core itself, when it was in the machine for Kang's time chair, mm-hmm. it looked like a relic that could be in Doctor Strange's house. It almost had like, you know, the clock things that are, you know, that clock window design. Yes. That is. In Doctor Strange's house, but it, I don't know. Yeah. I felt like it was Doctor Strange inspired. I think the big thing that, I don't know, got everybody excited were the end credit scenes. Oh, yes. Well, when that end credit scene with Loki finished, yes. I yelled out, finally, people who are sitting in front of me started laughing. And I continued on going, I waited two freaking years for that. Come to find out it's a scene from Loki season two. I'll take it. Right? I'll take a sneak peek at season two. How about anything? Yeah, because like we were talking about this, like it feels like stuff that's happened in the Disney Plus shows is just not being referenced to in the movies. And there's kind of a disconnect between the two. No, I think the (sighs) credit scenes were everything and more. And I'm so glad you told me that there were two. I don't think I've ever seen Loki afraid of anything outside of the season finale of his show. When he was like absolutely terrified of Kang. Seeing him in that second end credit scene where he is, he's horrified. He does not know. He was like, oh, this is him. And if he knows it's us, we're screwed. I don't like seeing him scared. No, no. I want to see him back to his overconfident self. All right. Well, serious question, friend. Do you plan on buying Scott Lang's bestseller? I hear it's supposed to be out in September. You know, I made a promise, Frodo Baggins. Uh, <laughs> a creator posted about it the day it was announced, and she wasn't too interested in it, but I had impulsively pre-ordered it, and I said I would take one for the team and read it, and she asked me to do a full report. So yes, I will be uh, buying that book when it comes out. <laughs> I love it. Now, if we can just have the podcast that Kamala listens to, that'd be great. I feel like that's research I'm I'm happy to do for us all. And now it is time for the Spotlight of the Week. Looking to move? 24-7 Moving is a full-service moving company based in L.A. At 24-7 Moving, they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes, and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress. Their professional team provides fun, friendly, and secure local and long-distance services throughout the U.S. Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. 
I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Marvel Studios, Marvel Entertainment, and Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. We're just giant fans. Yeah, got it? Giant fans. <laughs> but a poom. Good night, everybody. I'm, I'll see myself home. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.